Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking to Max Lamont Brassard, who is the founder and CEO of Lima Charlie. Uh, Max has a really interesting background. He's worked with the Canadian Security Intelligence Services. He's also done some work with CrowdStrike and Google X. And I took a peek at Max's uh, LinkedIn profile. It looks like that he has his name on about five different patents related to security. So that's pretty impressive. Max, how are you today? Very good, very good. Thanks for having me. That's good. And I can't tell by your office or the background that I'm looking at here where you are. So where whereabouts are you? I'm at home uh, and currently home is in Vancouver in British Columbia, Canada. Okay, well, I'm just right down the road from here. I'm down in the Seattle Bellevue area. So nice. We probably are sharing some very similar cloudy, somewhat rainy, overcast day today, right? That's right. It's the winter. It's starting. It's starting. Gosh darn it. (laughs) (laughs) Great run this summer. I mean, I I think it rained like two days all summer. So, uh, you know, we gotta we gotta get some rain to keep things green around here. Um, what's it What's it like being based in in Vancouver? Because I know in the past you've been down in Mountain View, um, and then now everybody's working remote. Does that affect your work at all? Um, not really, because for us, uh, it's been kind of a, a slightly different story. But when uh, when I left Google and and we started Lima Charlie, um, we were 100% remote already. So uh, at first I was actually working out of uh, Cozumel in Mexico um, for a little while. And then I moved to Vancouver right before the pandemic hit. So it's been a very, it's been an odd move because I've lived here for, you know, about two years now, but haven't really been able to discover the city as much, right? With all the lockdowns and all that stuff. Well, how, how is it there? Because here, I mean, you know, again, we're just like two hours south. There is a border between us, but uh, uh <laughs> Things are pretty much opened up. I mean, there's a mask mandate um, and there's some restrictions and some some places and some organizations are requiring vaccinations. But, you know, in terms of going out, it's pretty much business as usual. How, how is it up in Vancouver? It's it's not bad. Uh, you know, for us, I feel like it's kind of been a constant during the whole a constant during the whole thing. Um, you know, it was a mask mandate, couldn't, you know, you could go into places, but had to be careful. Like it was just a, a constant middle. Um, and then it opened up for a while during summer. They even went away with the, the mask mandate. And then since about a month, I think it started again, um, mm-hmm. with the latest wave. So yeah, it could be better. It could be worse. I'm sure. I'm sure it's coming. It's coming. Are, are, are you letting Americans across the border yet? <laughs> uh, that's a good, I think they did. I think they did open it up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Interesting. Well, hey, um, you know, I got to ask you um, first before before we talk about exactly what Lima Charlie does. You know, there are hundreds, thousands of security companies out there in in the market. And you know, at what point did you say, "Hey, I want to go and make my own"? And you know, what was that thought process? Um, That's that's very uh, yes, that's a very good question, and uh, and it's really important for how we kind of came up. So. Um, when I left Google, right, um, I had developed an open source EDR while there. And so uh, that was open source. I left uh, having invention assignment. So, you know, essentially the, the new company, Lima Charlie, we, we owned this EDR. 
And um, I knew, okay, we want to go and you know do something in security. And, and we were kind of at, at the point of our careers where um, we didn't want to do the same old thing, right? So um, having an EDR in security, you can imagine everybody was kind of saying, hey, you know, just start an MSSP or, you know, sell, you know, sell EDR technology. Um, and yeah, that, that would have been fine. Um, but, you know, we kind of wanted to be able to do something that would have potentially a, a bigger impact and, and just wasn't, you know, there, how many EDRs are there on the market today, right? It's, right. it's becoming pretty crowded. So, um, so that's why, I, you know, I think it's, it, it's really telling kind of question into how we started. Uh, because our very first question was, uh, you know, not, you know, hey, let's put this this small technical solution in the market, but at a really high level, like, what are we going to be doing, right? Um, and and that's how we got into, you know, what we're doing now, right? The the AWS of cybersecurity um, kind of. Uh, well, I, I was asking, actually going to ask you because I mean, you, you know, you you mentioned AWS, but Google, Microsoft, they all have um, different you know, uh, EDR solutions and, you know, whether it's a complete apples to apples, we can, we can get into that. Um, but if I'm a enterprise, uh, or some organization and I'm looking to, um, do some type of endpoint protection, detection and protection, um, I kind of feel, you know, I, I can trust Microsoft or Google AWS in terms of their unknown entity. Why would I want to look at an, an alternative? Absolutely, absolutely, and and honestly, the irony is that we're purely based on Google Cloud Platform today. Um, so okay. you know, we we use AWS because it's you know it's it's the big boy out there. Everybody knows that name, um, and it's more uh, you know we talk about this more in, in philosophical terms. Um, to to your question specifically, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people doing really good jobs out there. Um, that's not the question, you know, in various products and platforms and all that. Um, but I think the the major vendors are also uh, naturally putting more emphasis into you know the space that they control, right? Microsoft is going to put emphasis on the Windows aspect of what they do. Um, they also have you know Azure Cloud, so they'll also put uh, you know emphasis on the Azure Cloud. Um, you know everything will kind of be very geared towards what they do, which is understandable. Uh, but there, uh, there's so many products, so many landscapes in security. Every organization is different. Um, I don't think uh, one is able to just say, you know, the Microsoft flavor or the, you know, Google flavor or Apple. I guess Apple's not doing something right now that I know of. Um, but, but those flavors will be the, you know, the the end all be all, right? So, what we're doing is we're saying, uh, look. Ultimately, it's not just, you know, the Microsoft flavor of like the specific subset that you're looking for. People are looking for solutions, right? Mm -hmm. um, and solutions and security, I think, are more generic than that uh, in the sense that um, people looking for EDR, you can give them, you know, the best Windows EDR that works on Windows Server 2019 right out of the box in Azure. And that's cool. Um, that, that does not make a full picture insecurity, right? Uh, people ultimately, I think, are starting to get sick a little bit of the product, right? The, 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 the shiny widget, the shiny EDR that comes in and says, oh, this is what you need to be secure. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, the, the industry is becoming more mature and kind of realizing that, you know, security 
is not bought via a single, you know, single product or a single widget. Uh, it, it's it's a suite of solutions, and at a certain level, whoever's providing those solutions, um, you know, the the brand aspect, like that that bow on it, isn't where you're actually getting value. So it's the same thing as that's why we talk about AWS right back in the day, uh, where you went from, uh, you know, I want enterprise database, I have to buy Oracle. Um, and eventually AWS came through and said, well, you know, we have DynamoDB and yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of like really, really specialized things that Oracle's doing, but ultimately you get so much value by being able to have, you know, your database in a, you know, self-serve multi-tenant, scale up, scale down, usage base, like all that, those characteristics that go along, uh, you know, what AWS, like when you think of AWS or any cloud provider is nowadays. And I think that's the value that we're bringing in, right? So yeah, we don't have the, the Microsoft brand. However, um, you know, if you want to be able to come in and get EDR coverage across pretty much every platform known to man in one similar way, scale up, scale down, self-serve, usage-based, uh, you know, infrastructure as code that works with a SASE product that works with uh, you know, artifact ingestion you get and like all that kind of cloud-based, there's a ton of value there. And I think people are are starting to zone or to hone in more on what's the solution? What's the technical problem that will help me fill that security picture in my company? Not what's the, the brand that I need to buy, right? Got you. And in fact, I, it's weird or interesting. I've been in several discussions over the last few years where we might go into an organization and they might have two or 3,000 Windows devices and, and we're making progress with a product solution. And then somebody raises their hand and says, what about our Mac iOS devices? And, and then all of a sudden we start sweating and say, well, how many of those do you have? <laughs> and uh, it turns out, well, we've got, you know, anywhere to say 300 or 500. Well, that's that's not an insignificant number and that needs to be addressed. And all of a sudden when we were leading with a product, we have to backtrack and, and go back to what you're talking about, more of a comprehensive solution. And, um, and sometimes if you put that product out there too, too soon, um, yeah, you can run into those obstacles. But let's back up even farther. Um, <clears throat> our, our listeners run the gamut from people who are you know highly, highly experienced, very, very technical, to people who are just getting started in the cybersecurity space and or you know, CISOs that may not be that technical, but they're looking for solutions like you talk about. So let's go back to the beginning of, of EDR. Explain, if you don't mind, explain a little bit about uh, what EDR is. And, and, then, and then we can get into you know, how you know, your, your um, development of an EDR solution in terms of what you felt would be important, uh, the important components of that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, put it in, I guess, first thing first, EDR, right? let's define it, right? Endpoint detection and response. Um, it's a term that's been, I think there's been a shift around that term. So, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, what it kind of, you know, before Gartner put, put the term on it, what it meant uh, was essentially uh, having an agent that's deployed on an endpoint, uh, an endpoint being a computer, right? Server, desktop, whatever it is. Um, that allowed you to uh, have complete visibility and and being able to action or, or you know do remediation on those endpoints. So it was a very uh, I would describe it as a very mechanical thing, right? It's you don't have to 
go and rebuild desktop in a box or you know go and send somebody to grab a physical drive you have the edr it's deployed there you can view everything that's happening uh view that historically and take action um over the the last several years there's been a bit of a shift i would say so the term kind of became a bit overloaded um you know a lot of people talk about next gen uh edr and things like that or next gen av um we tend to simplify to, to boil it down a bit further and just say, you know, you have EDR, which is the ability to go and, and do these things. And then you have AV, um, antivirus, which is just a concept of, you know, it's a piece of software I deploy and it, it does things automatically for me without having to do anything. Flip side of it is you don't get a whole lot of visibility through it. Um, so the industry has been shifting EDR quite a bit towards AV. Honestly, there's there's a, you know at that point in time a much bigger market in in you know the, the little piece of software you deploy and you forget about it, right? Um, the um, the ED the EDR is getting a, a ton of its value from the concept that um, breaches will happen, right? You can have a great antivirus and and that's good and fully encourage people, you know. You, like you need that to kind of cut a bunch of noise. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you will need to have some kind of governance over your endpoints. So uh, it's really that root concept when I when I started Lima Charlie, like back, you know, in the open source days that was important to me was I was see seeing this shift away from, uh, hey, somebody's giving me, you know, the key to the machine that allows me to do my job and more and more towards you know, yeah, you know, the Jedi mind trick, right? Like, don't worry about it. We stop reaches, right? Kind of thing. Um, and uh, and so that is what really was behind me. I saw a lot of open source solutions um, that were great and gave you the keys. They were also extremely difficult to deploy and, you know, maintain and run at scale. Uh, on the other side, uh, there was antivirus, so I think there was kind of a, a meaty middle in um, having value of saying, "Look, here's a you know, here, it's a platform that you have the keys to, um, but that also doesn't require you to you know spend you know six contractors over the next year to like build the technical capability to to go and run it." Um, so yeah, does that roughly answer what you had? In yeah, absolutely. Um... But so so so, um, when when you look at your iteration right now of of what you're doing, okay, um, when you have an initial conversation with a customer or a prospect, mm -hmm. like what are the, the what top two or three questions that you ask? Um, that is a good question. So usually, um, you know, one of the obviously one of the questions is we want to understand what type of customer they are, um, and and that's really particularly critical for us. Because, uh, you know, what we're building is not for grandma and grandpa, right? Uh, we, we, we are building a, a pro tool for people that uh, their job is doing security. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's where, again, we always make that parallel to like AWS, right? Uh, people can, can build a website on Squarespace. Um, but if you're I'm picking a random company, if you're General Motors and you want to build IT, you need more than Squarespace. You need to be able to get access to, you know, the underlying pieces. Um, so understanding is really critical for us because sometimes, you know, we talk to people that 
you know, I always give the, the example of a small lawyer's office with one time, one part-time IT person. That's, you know, that that's not going to, it doesn't work well with, you know, what we do. So we recommend like AVs, right? Um, however, uh, particularly, you know, three categories that, that I think we really shine a, a whole lot is around uh, incident response, Mm -hmm. uh, MSSPs or, or MDR, the kind of space around monitoring, um, and technological companies, right? So uh, that is, uh, that's kind of a, a, a description of uh, the type of companies that will have security people inside, right? The people that, that it's their job to run security day to day. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, bucket all those people together uh it, right. you know there's really a big difference um the second thing i think that has a lot of impact nowadays is around um uh the uh you know the on-premises aspect right mm -hmm. so there there's really interesting patterns across the world right it's really easy in the us to kind of see you know a lot of very big companies um that make a lot of use of a lot of cloud-based SaaS solutions. Um, in the rest of the world, it's a very, very different picture. Um, so understanding um, the type of environment that people are operating under uh, is super critical. Uh, obviously, you know, if, if you are a, a small company somewhere in Denmark uh, and you, know, you have offices and you don't want to make use of anything cloud, um, the types of solutions that you're going to be looking for are drastically different than, you know, if you're, if you're fortune 500 in the U S right. Using cloud products. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, that, that's, you know, that last part is also, um, I think the, the last kind of big part of the puzzle is, uh, what kind of security landscape do you have already, right? Most people have some kind of landscape. I think I've heard a, a statistic uh, given to me, uh, you know, from a survey uh, that was something like the average, uh, like I think probably larger companies, but the average large company had, I think it was 29 different security products. Um, yeah, I've seen s similar numbers and it's just mind blowing. And how do you get all these things to work together and update them? And it's just, and you need that in-house expertise or you've got to outsource it to deploy it. And yeah, how does that work? That's right. That's right. I, I, I like to kind of make the joke too, that it's, you know, that's the 29 products and then you got to buy five other products to make those 29 products work together too. Right? That's so funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a really, a, a real challenge. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that speaks really to, to the maturity of the industry. Like that, that shift, right. That I kind of talk about often is um, that shift from, I, you know, I need to buy a specific product to do a specific thing and, and moving away from that and saying, you know what, um, you know, uh, Windows event log forwarding, right? I'm picking an example, mm -hmm. right? Um, there was a time where Windows event log forwarding was cutting edge. Um, that being said, nowadays, it's well understood, right? People know what it is uh, and, and the, the, the business, um, uh, the business incentive to go and say, you know, we're going to buy a separate product to go and do this just for this type of behavior. I think 
is becoming harder and harder for people for exactly the reason that you mentioned. Uh, and it's going to keep going that way, right? We're, we're going to keep going the way of, uh, of you know, DevOps, to, to mm -hmm. you know, put it in other words, um, where we, we simplify that landscape into fewer solutions that are more uh, inherently designed to work together and not, you know, a bunch of add more products to glue things together. Okay, totally makes sense. Hey, I, I got to ask you on your website. I, I came across the line that said the um, the anti sim solution. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 refers specifically to you know like you know in five words our approach right we say AWS cybersecurity we're building primitives right so we just like you have EC2 that's a VM like does it come in a nice packaging no it doesn't it's just it's a VM it's there when you need it. Uh, so we have EDR, we have uh, SASE, we have the artifact and just like we have a bunch of different things. One of them is called comps. Um, and, you know, that speaks to the challenge that we've had since day one, which has been, uh, you know, people are used to Gartner, right? And, 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 I'm not, and I'm not saying it's not bad about Gartner, but like they're used to thinking in terms of these core labels. Um, and so, you know, we would get that question well, do you have product X? And that's a super loaded question for us mm -hmm. because we, uh, you know, we don't try to have a SIM product, right? What we do is we look at the problems and we, we engineer a holistic solution that's going to work in a really generic way so that, you know, if you wanted to work with your EDR or this other thing, it's kind of going to work naturally. So we came to comms that had a very specific problem set for us. And we said, okay, what do we call this? Well, it's not a SIM. It, it, so it's it's sort of anti-SIM. Nobody likes their SIM. Um, you know, how do we how do we even refer to this? Um, we, we've also been, you know, toying with um, uh, the, the operational console for Lima Charlie. But it's this idea of, um, you know, we already have all these pieces of puzzle that touch on SOAR and automation and SIM and detection and all that. Um, so what's what's the slice that's missing when people think of a SIM and the use cases? And it's this operationalization, right? It's this idea of uh, I've got analysts, you know, sitting in seats that need to investigate and respond to alerts. Um, so so comms is our response to that, with where you know we say, okay, um, you know, what's the what's the most interesting pieces of technology that we think are out there? We can where we can really streamline this as much as possible, um, and that's what comms ended up being. Uh, you can think of it as uh, you know taking parts of Slack um, where you're defining channels, right? We're defining an incident as part of a channel, and where instead of uh, of having an analyst go away from that channel into you know a bunch of other parts of the app to leverage other features we're bringing all the features into that channel in line. So you're responding to an incident, you see that it's, you know, it's talking to 3322.org, uh, like a you know, bad domain. You want to know, well, okay, where else in my company, you know, is, is this affected? I want to know in last year, right? We retain a year of telemetry. Where was that seen? You shouldn't have to go and do 20 clicks. It should be, you know, slash search 3322.org, right? Inline this into a channel so that as you're doing your investigation, you're not filing tickets, uh, you're not posting, you know, very asynchronous updates by email or, or doing all that stuff. 
you're just responding to the event. And at the end of it, you have naturally an audit you know, trace of everything that happened, all the things you looked at, all the things that were reported, all that stuff. So you can go and you could you know, export that somewhere for retention, do all that stuff. So you know, as I described this, uh, some people call that a sim. Um, you know, it, 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 some people call that ticketing. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. No, but I, but I do like the positioning because it, it begs the question. So, so tell me about this, right? And, and that's, you know, what we just did. Um, so what, um, what have you seen over the last year or so? I mean, I, I'm kind of begging the question here because obviously there's a pr proliferation of endpoint devices, right? I mean, there's, there's, it, and that's not going to go any away anytime soon. Um, there's also this massive acceleration from work from home. I mean, you started off, you know, in a work from home environment, but the the pandemic has accelerated it across pretty much all industries. So, so where where do you see like the major um, needs and developments over the you know from this last year or so, and then going forward? Yeah, so so that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting question, and I think um, I think it goes back a little bit to uh, you know where right where in the world I think there's going to be very different needs from from very different parts of the world um, specifically um, the uh, you know around cloud solutions I think the um, like the biggest difficulties are going to be uh, not in how to get access to data um, but rather how to be able to um, how to be able to get data where it needs to be uh, and in the in the ways that can be uh, that it can be leveraged right so it's easy to get you know log data into uh, I am going to pick an example into Google Cloud logs right like a stack drive right it's easy to do that um, it's easy to get your logs into uh, some other solution as carbon black endpoints that you have. Um, you can shove all of your data into a data lake and then run queries over that. But I don't think uh, that this is the exactly the right direction, or rather it's a very inefficient direction. I think the, the challenge will be in being able to recognize all those sources of data and being able to uh, to engineer in a decentralized way how uh, you know how the data flows and how it can be correlated between different parts. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think uh, people should have to re-engineer the um, the data flows from the things that they build uh, in kind of a constant fashion, right? We we were just I was hearing about somebody who's talking about. You know, they're, they're moving infrastructure from different clouds all the time. Um, Re-engineering data flow solutions every time that happens is not is not the right way, I think. Um, and there's going to have a lot of work that needs to be done in figuring out as an industry, you know, what's the what's the underlying fabric that can make this work? Um, not, you know, what's the the heavy product that we can put in the middle that will kind of solve it all. Um, yeah, I mean, so in sometimes we have almost a surplus or of data. Data's becoming a commodity 
but the tool that allows you to go through and pull the exact data that you need at the time you need it in the in the way that you need it, and if you, even if you can automate some of the actionables off of that data, would be where the value is. Is that is that what, kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. And and the idea of um, you know just storing in one gigantic you know I'm simplifying it, but gigantic right. file the data and then grepping through it does yeah. not feel like the, that fabric, right? It feels a little bit old school. Um, yeah. So, so let me ask you, I mean, can tell, tell us a little bit about your, your organization. Cause I, I, I'm curious, you know, when you are in this space, some of the challenges organizationally that, that, that you faced in terms of getting out and evangelizing your, your solutions. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's been our greatest challenge, right? Um, I talked about this, this maturity thing. Uh, and so when I would say when we started, which was about three years ago, um, it was much more of a challenge because, um, you know, even, um, even the idea of a cloud EDR, although, you know, many other players already were kind of in that space. Um, just that, uh, was, was a new way of thinking about it. Um, the, the whole AWS of cybersecurity, um, you know, would get us blank stares um, because uh, we were, as an industry, so far away from that, right? Where you know, if I want, if I want an EDR, of course, I have to go and do the dance, you know, with a with a vendor over the next couple of months, and then you know, do this big contract. Um, so for us, the big challenge was kind of to break down this barrier, uh, the, the two barriers. One barrier was uh, the one around the type of environment, like the type of business environment that we were doing. Um, I, I know it sounds, you know, a bit, it's, it's a bit disconnected from security, but it's kind of also a pretty important part of it, which is this idea that, uh, you know, if, if you, why is getting an EDR any different than spinning up a virtual machine? Mm -hmm. And kind of, it's a really fundamental question, um, but, you know, the, the whole mentality was not, quite there yet. Now that's gotten a whole lot better. Um, the second one is around, uh, and you touched on it earlier, around kind of that, it's sort of that brand name aspect, right? The, um, you know, are, are you running, uh, you know, the, the Microsoft, I forget what it's called, ATP, I think, right? Microsoft ATP yeah. or, you know, which, which brand name? Um, and less, uh, you know, what visibility are you getting in, in a useful way to your people running security operations? Um, and I think that's the biggest part uh, of the changes that we're bringing in um, that, that, you know, we have to, we have to talk with people uh, through that. And, and as soon as people, you know, see it, um, it's really, really interesting. It's this idea that, uh, you know, we, we used to talk about EDR, we used to talk about agents, and now we're talking about sensor, um, mm -hmm. not not sensor as an EDR. Some some folks used to talk about it that way, but for us, it has a very specific meaning, uh, and that sensor is generic, right? So that sensor might be a Windows box uh, running an EDR, but it might also be uh, you know the network pipe of a server running somewhere. It could be a syslog, it could be your Google Cloud uh, you know audit logs, it could be your carbon black endpoints all coming into the platform. Um, and this idea of, um, 
of not being, you know, as a siloed entity um, it is pretty new. But as soon as people start to see that, yeah, you know, I, I can I can kind of use Lima Charlie as this um, this fabric uh, of bringing telemetry together and making it act actionable and then getting it to where it needs. Um, then the light bulb starts going off. Um, so it's been really, it, you know, it's been a really interesting thing to look at other industries uh, in the same way. Uh, you know, recently we were talking internally with our front end um, development people, you know, that build a web mm -hmm. app. And they were telling us about uh, this platform called Segment. Segment is huge. And as soon as we started talking about this, we realized the the types of overlap that there are between you know, what we do and what they do right in their case it's you know events that relate to customer like customers on on web applications and um, mm -hmm. you know very kind of web events in our case what we're saying is we're saying no we're going to bring in all these data sources uh, together in a in a very live fabric right we're not just dumping it in a store um, we are making things available where that fabric, where if you want to access it via APIs, um, you can. And whether you're accessing a you know, cloud you know, uh, log, audit log of some kind, or an EDR, you want to interact with a Chrome agent or an EDR, there's no fundamental reason that it should work differently, right? That's where uh, the, the importance is when we talk about you know, AWS, but really cloud provider of cybersecurity is that it's not just about bringing products together, right? Uh, you know, Palo Alto, I don't know how many companies they buy every year. That's, and, and not that there's anything wrong, but um, buying all those products together, it doesn't make an AWS. It doesn't make that ecosystem where you're going to be able to get the results, the security results and, and integrations that you need without having to go and, and, you know, put tickets at five different vendors, hoping that they might integrate together kind of thing. Sorry, that's a long, a long answer. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, 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 and I just recognize the challenge of, of, you know, like you, you said, not being branded and launching a, a new kind of, a, I wouldn't say it is a new paradigm, but almost it's a paradigm shift. Right. Um, and, and going out there and, and I would imagine that with your customer, it's really important to have, uh, an, in, an advocate inside who says, I, you know, this is the, the way we got to go. Um, but with security, you know, a lot of the things, a lot of the decisions are made upon price, but a lot of them are made on perceived risk. And, you know, we, we don't want any problems around here. Right? You know, it's <laughs> like, we just want to see, you know, CYA, right? And uh, uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, What's what have you found to be the most effective way to get traction in an organization? Is that a demo, a trial, a training, uh, in, a, in, in an advocate inside? I mean, what do you do? Yes, uh, so that's yeah, that is bang on to another one of our kind of you know critical things internally as a new company is that we have to deal with. So um, it's. Uh, I would say we're, so we're taking an approach right now, which is, uh, you know, if you, if you look in the startup world, it's the product-led growth, right? Um, a little bit like, uh, you know, Slack or, or other products that kind of come in at the technical level, at the ground level and, and build up. So that is how we've gotten to most, uh, most of our users. Um, absolutely correct around the champion, right? So very, very often um, the way that, you know, we will get into a company is, 
um, somebody, some security person in that company, uh, you know, talks to a friend of theirs that works at an MSSP or somewhere else. And here's, there's this Lima Charlie thing. Um, they start looking at it. Again, we, you know, we have a free tier, two free sensors, like all that stuff, a little bit like, like AWS. So people start playing with it. They really like it. They go back to work one day and they go, you know, with Lima Charlie, it'd be a lot cheaper and a lot better. And we could integrate and, and have it work with, you know, these two other systems that we have in a lot, you know, much better fashion. And, you know, as they roll out new primitives, then we can just, you know, crank up like the 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 notch, right? And, and just start using these other primitives without having to go and do the whole dance with new vendors and all that stuff. Um, and, and they end up selling it within the company. Um, it's, you know, it, it, there's pros and cons to all of this, obviously, right? Especially, you know, as we talk to very, very large companies, um, we do often get, uh, you know, very um, unintuitive questions for us, right? As, as, as engineers, I guess I would say, um, you know, we don't have a sales team. Um, and, the, you know, we, sometimes the, the first question we get is, you know, how much money have you raised? Uh, which is, which is super interesting. It, it, I think it, it, it says a lot about the, the, that risk apprehension that you're describing. So we know that, you know, it's a direction that we're heading in and we, you know, we are funded and for the longest time we were actually profitable and now we're expanding more. So we're not worried about, um, you know, hey, are we going to be able to, you know, sometimes talk to people, are we going to be a business in a year? Like that's, that's, that's long gone preoccupation. Um, but we're also extremely keen to build uh, in that vision, to build towards that vision. And what that means is we need to build to uh, specific needs of security people. What we don't want to do is we did not want to raise $10 million on the back of a napkin idea and then, you know, get into some big company because the, the, the CEO had a, a beer with the CISO and their friends for a long time. And we get shoved down the throat of the security people and they're like, yeah, it kind of works. And, you know, that's not what we wanted to do. Right. We're, we're security people uh, as our background, technical people. So um, so that's really why we took this, this product like growth approach. And thankfully, uh, you know, as, as a company, now we're seeing we're seeing that gap being reduced, right? We're talking more and more to CISOs that we get introduced to in different ways. Um, and where now that we have more of those primitives in a row, um, we're better able to kind of demonstrate this idea, the business level uh, level decision uh, and, and you know thought process around it. And, and so that gap is reducing, so which is really great for us, you know, uh, we're hoping to grow obviously. Do you ever get asked about uh, customer references? Yes, all the time, uh, which is another, you know, uh, interesting question for us because we have a couple of good ones, right? So the, the two big ones we always quote are Snapchat and Carta. They're both, you know, like public technological companies. Um, and um, so, you know, more than happy to talk about, about those guys. Again, great relationship with them. Um, but we have a ton of customers that are uh, IR, MSPs, MSSPs, which means uh, if you combine that with the fact that, you know, we're, we're very, um, we're OEM friendly, right? We, we put out infrastructure like Amazon. You want to build your company on Amazon, 
that's fine. You don't have to put a disclaimer on your company website that you're built on Amazon. Nobody cares, right? Um, so it means that we have a lot of customer, you know, of, of relationships um, with these organizations building and Lima Charlie. And, uh, but we don't have a relationship with their end customers, right? So we have many IR companies that are doing incident response in Fortune 500, uh, but we don't have that relationship. So we can't really speak about those specific names. So that's why we often fall back on, you know, Card and Snapshots are the two big ones people recognize. Yeah, I mean, those are those are impressive names. And I, I have to say that, you know, that's one of the challenges in this industry uh, is that customers want references and sometimes they're willing to pick up the phone and talk to, but oftentimes customers are like, we don't, we don't want to say anything about any of the security products that we're using or any mm -hmm. of the processes or anything like that, because that's just all, and, and you can understand that to a certain degree, right? I mean, uh, and so that, that can be an ongoing challenge. And the fact that you've got two, you know, kind of marquee brands that are, are have allowed you to go out and say, yeah, we're, we're partnered. Uh, with with um, with Lima Charlie, that's that's awesome. Um, if a couple, a couple of last questions here, uh, if anybody listening wants to get some more information about Lima Charlie, um, where can they go? And do you have any upcoming virtual events or anything like that? Absolutely. So LimaCharlie.io um, is you kind of you know the hub, um, and you'll find specifically around events. So we do have webinars coming uh, coming up soon. Uh, next one is about. Uh, we're integrating an atomic red team. So to be able to, uh, you know, run the simulations on a test tenant and see the detections you're getting from the, the alert, you know, the rules that you're putting in. So that, that DevOps aspect. Um, and we also have edu.limacharlie.io, which is, uh, you know, again, AWS approach. So we want people to understand, you know, how the platform works, how to leverage it best. Um, and we don't we don't make money selling training. So, you know, this is a free educational platform that we put out with a lot of information there. So it's a great way of, of getting going. And yeah, there's that free tier as well. Um, two organizations, which is like a tenant in Lima Charlie and two sensors per organization. Everything's free underneath that. So if you're a researcher or you're playing uh, with stuff, it's it's really great. That's awesome. And last question, any new developments, products, solutions that you have in the pipeline that you want to talk about now? Yeah, so uh, we are about to go into our beta uh, for, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, we have like, you know, net endpoints, we have EDR endpoints. Uh, we're really starting to uh, the beta for that integration of external telemetry uh, in real time. So, you know, the example of you know, you have carbon block endpoints um, and you want to bring that into that, that fabric, um, that's that new capability. We don't have a public name for it yet, um, but we're starting to beta that uh, and that will actually be open source. So that means people that want to bring in their own telemetry from their own endpoints or other solutions, um, they'll be able to do that. So that's going to be really, really interesting. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, Max, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I've learned a lot. I took a, like a half page of notes here and I'm going to have to go online and, and research to figure out exactly what you were talking about sometimes. But uh, <laughs> no, this has been this has been really great. Um, excited for, for Lima Charlie and the, the progress you've made and, and wish you a, a really successful close on uh, 2021. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.